This is Banks and Commentary. I'm your host, Candace Banks, and welcome back to the show. So today I interviewed my friend, Miss Maya Mitchell. Now, Maya is the founder of Miss Young Homeowner on Instagram and YouTube. Today she's going to share with us her journey with personal finance, buying her first and second properties, and tips when making your first home purchase. Now, Maya is a wealth of knowledge, so let's go ahead and get into the episode. But having a home is deeper than that. It's it's having a space, a safe space that you can go to and call your own during the global pandemic. During, you know, civil, political unrest in the city. Um, During all of these crazy, unforeseen events that have taken place in 2020 alone. You know, at the end of the day, you have somewhere that you can go to, a space that you've curated a vibe you've curated this environment you know the safe haven that it's where you belong and that's what having a home is now being able to own that is a whole different other humble brag hi maya how you doing today hi candace i'm doing good how are you i am doing well how's your week been my week has been really good it's been good no complaints how about you it has been good. So um, Maya has recently moved and she is a, a two-time homeowner, I guess. This is her second property. So we'll get into a little bit more about that. Um, and then her personal finance journey and um, her Miss Young homeowner, the business that she has. So very excited to talk with you today, Maya. Yeah, I'm excited too. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. So Start us off and just letting us know where your personal finance journey began. Um, I would say it began just in my upbringing. My parents always instilling within me the value of the dollar and mm-hmm. hard work and saving and just carrying those principles with me until I got like a real job <laughs> um, and my first big girl paycheck. And that's really when I had to put my personal finance skills to the test. That's Mm -hmm. when I had to open up, you know, another checking account, really invest my savings, really manage how much money I was spending versus how much money I was making. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like those best practices are what led me to be able to buy a home at the age of 24 and then again at 27. Nice. Um, but yeah, my upbringing, my mom, my parents, they, they had a lot to do with it. My mom just actually wrote her first book called... <laughs> Go ahead and shout mama out. Shout mama out. Love. Um, my mom just wrote her first book. Um, she's an Amazon bestseller right now. What? Um, how to go from common sense to kingdom wealth. Um, and it's really about how to apply kingdom principles to your mm. financial life. Mm. Um, how to really let go of that spiritual hold on money. So nice. I just have to give her her kudos when it comes to my financial upbringing. Nice. I'm going to have to get mom on the show then because that seems like that is a very good uh, perspective on money that I feel like we rarely hear. So definitely, definitely. Um, so you said you learned, a, she instilled a lot of principles in you. Can you point to some s- specific principles that she instilled when you were younger? Tithing, mm. um, the importance of tithing. And then just second to that, the importance of paying yourself first. So mm-hmm. making sure that when it is payday, 
You mm-hmm. take care of your bills. You take care of everything that's necessary, mm-hmm. including your savings. You know, you mm-hmm. also want to tuck that away. And then you, whatever else is left, that's what you have. You know, you don't go dipping into your savings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would say those are two main principles that she taught me. Nice. So many, but. <laughs> <laughs> the main, you know, the importance of tithes too. And then that get that that gives you the practice of even, you know, setting aside something. Um, so if you can do 10%, you might be able to do 11% and that other 1% can be put somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? So that is the practice as well. That's awesome. And so I read on uh, the Miss Young Homeowners site that you received your first Disney stock at nine years old. So what was that initial conversation around that Disney stock and and how did that kickstart your interest in financial literacy? That's so funny because I saw my mom this past weekend and mm-hmm. we were talking about it. Um, I, at the time, was unaware of what the stock market was. I was mm-hmm. unaware of what being a shareholder was. She was the one who thought that was a sound investment for me. Um, At the time, as a nine, 10 year old, I loved all things Disney from movies to, I mean, everything. And so she thought that company would resonate best with me. Um, And so she printed it out like on certificate stock paper. And then she put the stock certificate in like a box and wrapped the box And so I had something to like rip open and then I like pull out this certificate and then she explained to me like what it was. Mm -hmm. And of course, as I got older, I realized the significance of it. And I really think, you know, that's why I champion diversifying your savings so much and investing Mm -hmm. in the stock market if you can, because I did it. (laughs) Yes, I would recommend it. So, yeah. That's good. And do you remember you you said she wrapped it up and she opened it? Because I know a lot of people, I don't have children yet, but at some point I want to have kids and some people may have kids already and want to understand how to introduce this conversation to them. So do you remember how that conversation went? I know that you were only nine, but do you remember anything that stood out from that convo? Um, I remember, obviously, like I said, there being a gift involved. Mm -hmm. And so that piqued my interest as a Mm -hmm. a kid um and then I don't remember specifically what she said but my mom kind of breaks it down in in her book like how Mm -hmm. to best approach finance topics with your kids Mm -hmm. and I think you know um something she talked about is with me you know just giving your kids chores and giving them a certain amount of money or a certain reward associated with those chores and just Mm -hmm. enforcing the value of hard work and Mm -hmm. um, consistency and how that pays off. Um, And then also if you're given a certain amount of money, Mm -hmm. you know, how long can you make that last? How long can you make that stretch? Mm -hmm. Um, Once you tithe, once you pay yourself first, keeping those principles in mind. So I don't know what kids, kids are smart, you know, break it down. You got $5, right? <laughs> this candy bar is three. <laughs> you need to put away one for savings and 50 cents for, you know what I mean? So right. yeah, with yeah. kids, and then plus you give them a little gift. 
you'll have their attention. (laughs) That's good. That's good. I like that. That I I would have never thought to like wrap it up in a present and then give it to you that way. That is so awesome. (laughs) Mom is out here killing it, you know? (laughs) Shout out to her. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. So you mentioned that you brought your first home at just 23 years old. Wow, wow, wow. Um, so where did your journey with homeownership begin? Like, did you have a plan after college? Like, hey, I'm going to buy a home at 23 or how did that go? Yeah, well, I actually was 24 and mm. um, I didn't specifically know homeownership was where I was going to be at that time. I just knew I didn't want to live with my family forever. Mm-hmm. Because going from college, you know, where you have a little bit of freedom, your mm-hmm. own spot, to back under your parents' roof is an adjustment. And oh, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was saving and saving. And once again, this is the first time I have, like, my big girl job and a real mm-hmm. paycheck. I was saving a substantial amount of money. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know specifically that I wanted to buy a home. But I also factored in the DMV being so expensive. Mm-hmm. And I'm from the DMV area and, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't make sense for me to rent when I have family members and friends that I could stay with, you know, mm-hmm. so renting never really crossed my mind, but I don't know. I was saving my money and saving my money. And it got mm-hmm. to a point where it was like, well, duh, I might as well invest in something you right. know, from here. If I'm going to buy property anywhere, might as well be where I'm from. Right. And so eventually that's the route I took. And wow. yeah, it paid off. Wow. So what would you recommend for someone who is, you know, right out of college, they may have the option to live at home, they may not. What what do you recommend for them to start saving money? Live at home. <laughs> I repeat, live at home. Humble yourself. I did mm-hmm. it for two years. Mm-hmm. I probably should have did it for 2.5. Yes. <laughs> I should have tacked on another five months, but I was, I was ready. You know, I was ready Mm -hmm. to make that jump, but do it because you'll never get that opportunity to save that much money at one time ever again. Like Mm -hmm. you go, like, once you have a home, you have so many meals, you know, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It never ended. Unless you just got a lump sum sum of money, you know, Mm -hmm. that's not most people's situation. Yes. So if you could move back home, do it, you know, and help out your family that will not compare to the rent you would have to pay otherwise. Mm, That's good. Um, And if you are not in a situation where you can move back home, move somewhere where you have a couple of roommates, you know, Mm -hmm. to reduce your monthly payments. So that Mm -hmm. way you can save more. Mm, That's good. And even right now during uh, the pandemic, you, a lot of people are working from home now and taking advantage of the fact that, hey, my lease is up. Uh, instead of me renewing it, I'm going to go move back home because I can work remotely. So that's something that people can take advantage of even during a time like this. Yeah, I know so many people that have done that, literally, like more than half of my team. So I would recommend, I moved to somewhere that was cheaper, so. <laughs> right. Significantly uh, Yeah, I would recommend. Yes, that's good. That's good. So when it comes to, you know, humbling yourself, can you talk a little bit about that, about what it means to humble yourself on this finance journey and, you know, financial independence and financial literacy and things like that? 
Um, I think you have to do the research. Don't mm-hmm. assume you know everything, you know, mm-hmm. and be selective about which research you choose to digest, you know. Um, another shameless plug, my mom's book is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to order it today. So. Yeah, I'll send you the link. But you want something that's feeding you spiritually, um, mm-hmm. but also reinforcing financial principles, practic- practical principles. Mm-hmm. Um, so seek help, you know, mm-hmm. when you need help, ask questions, do your research, like don't skip over the research phase. Don't be afraid to say no to people, to places, to things, to vacations. Mm-hmm. Those two years that I, you know, live with my family, I'm not going to lie. I did ball out on <laughs> things, but I offset it with staying, you know, at home and significantly mm-hmm. saving on what most people would otherwise spend on utilities or mm-hmm. carnivals or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So I virtually had no reoccurring bills and I set it up that way. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, you have to say no. And what better time to save than during the winter time of a global pandemic? We're in the house. You can't travel nowhere. It's like exactly. all four countries you could go to. You might as well <laughs> stay in the house and save your money. Um, mm-hmm. So it makes humbling yourself easier yes. during this season. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would say those are some tidbits I would get in, in regards to humbling yourself. And you know, your financial journey is ever evolving. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And then what are some lessons that you learned along the way while you were going through your home ownership journey? I know you said you, um, you, you should have stayed maybe five months more or what have you. So what are some things that you learned as you started to step into home ownership? Uh, I learned so much, so mm-hmm. much so that I <laughs> the need to like create this whole platform, Miss Young Homeowner to mm-hmm. educate Black millennial woman about it because it was such a labor intensive process and I'm like Mm -hmm. how is it that no one has educated me or prepared me up until this Mm -hmm. moment right um but I learned so many things I learned um firstly that new construction is the wave (laughs) (laughs) on a more practical note like for a first-time home buyer new construction is lit (laughs) I mean I have a new construction home and it just saves you on the headache of things while you know you can force appreciation into your home and all that stuff I will do that later (laughs) (laughs) but you don't but like new construction appreciates in its sleep it's a it's a beautiful thing you know yeah especially in you know your oh we'll talk about that later (laughs) Um, as a first-time home buyer, there's already so much going on. Like buying a new construction property, I feel is a couple of less less things off of your plate. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned about lender management and mm-hmm. how to have relationships with your mortgage lenders and how mm-hmm. that can be, you know, tricky. Mm-hmm. I learned about what a good and bad realtor should look Mm -hmm. like should be you know I learned so many things like I could go on and on I I try to capture it all on our Miss Young Homeowner (laughs) social media platforms and our YouTube channels so definitely check us out that's good 
good. So when it comes to um, a lender, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Kind of a lender and also real estate agent. So what kind of relationship should you have with your lender? And how do you spot a good versus a bad real estate agent? Yeah, so I'll start with the agents. Um, Your realtor really is your champion during your home buying journey honestly Mm -hmm. from the beginning to the end especially as a first-time home buyer this is something new this is something Mm -hmm. serious right you really want someone who's going to answer the phone respond to your text messages and Mm -hmm. like keep their word Mm -hmm. um your realtor is someone who's going to understand what your home vision is and pull listings in your area and your desired area within Mm -hmm. your budget to show you those listings they'll organize those listings there's a lot of COVID like stipulations right now. So mm. trying to buy a home right now, and trust me, I just did it. <laughs> trying to buy a home right now during COVID is really tricky. Uh-huh. Um, so you really do need an agent. And it's, it's a seller's market right now. So agents okay. also broker deals on your mm-hmm. behalf. They kind of champion, once again, you as their client. Um, so making sure you're getting the right contract, making sure no one's trying to rip you off, mm-hmm. seeing if you can get certain upgrades, um, throwing in certain addendums and things like that in your contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, they work with the seller. Um, and most of the time you can find a good lender through a good realtor. Your realtor yeah. can recommend a lender to you. Um, but yeah, good lenders answer your texts, answer your phone calls. They're responsive. They're on it. They're on points. Mm-hmm. They're familiar with the area that you're trying to buy. They can sniff new construction, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yes. they, they see when the land's being cleared and they, they're calling you up. Yeah. Bad lenders, the opposite of all of that. Yeah. That's um, point, point blank. And don't be afraid to shop around, you know, obviously realtors are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to feel obligated to go with your cousin or your neighbor. Or your <laughs> exactly. <down> <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, as a first-time home buyer, I, I do want to reiterate: you you do want to work with a realtor. You don't want to just hop on Zillow mm-hmm. and you can buy a home on your own. It's it's not that simple. Mm-hmm. In terms of lenders, those are the folks that are going to um, come up with the financial package and mm-hmm. really craft up the mortgage terms mm-hmm. um, that'll allow you to to purchase your home. Mm-hmm. So you'll be working closely with them. They'll require a lot of documentation from you to really verify your identity, verify your finances, verify your job, you know, making sure that if they give you this loan to buy mm-hmm. this property, you have the capacity to pay them back right. you know, in these monthly mortgage payments. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're very important. And, you know, just like realtors, mortgage lenders are also a dime a dozen. You can judge mm-hmm. them based off of customer service. You can base them off of the interest rates that they're willing to give you for that mortgage. Um, you can base them off of reviews, you know, folks mm-hmm. leaving them reviews on their website or on Yelp, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so mortgage lenders, you, you work closely with mortgage lenders and realtors. So you want a dream team. You want a good set, you know? Yeah, that's good. So, that's yeah. good. Crafting your dream team. That I, I think we actually have a question. I have a question that I was going to ask you about that a little bit later as well. Um, but that's so good. You, you have to make sure you have good people around you. And 
don't be afraid to be like, Hey, you're not giving me what I need. You're making a huge investment. Um, we need to get rid of you and we need to put somebody else in. So that's completely fine during this journey. I definitely had to get rid of a realtor and bring on someone else. And I'm glad I did because we actually were, you know, friends from college, but she's also a bomb realtor as well. Um, I'll probably have her up here too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I'm um, just curious about in now you're on your second property Mm -hmm. and um, we'll get into a little bit of Miss Young Homeowner as well. But what was your push for relocating uh, from the DMV? So I know that you said it's cheaper where you live now, but what was it? What was the push? I always wanted to expand my real estate portfolio and I had got um, pre-qualified like a couple of times, actually, like once in 2018 and then again in 2019, just to see where I stood. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, over time, the DMV area was getting more and more expensive, like Mm -hmm. day in day, month by month, prices were just going up. And then it it was just a seller's market and then the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I was like, at this point, I don't think I can afford (laughs) to buy a second property in this area. And if Mm -hmm. I do buy something, it's going to be a dump. I'm going to have to pour a lot of money into it and, and, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like doing that right now. I'm, I'm not there yet to do the the buy and flip right, mm-hmm. right now. Um, and so I started thinking about other cities I could buy, you know, Philly, maybe Raleigh and North Carolina, mm-hmm. Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, they just weren't clicking for me. Um, and so I thought of kind of this area, Virginia Beach. Um, mm-hmm. My boyfriend is from this area and lives mm-hmm. down here. I went to school here. Kind of Hampton. Um, so I'm somewhat familiar. I love the beach and my place is literally 10 minutes from the beach. Yes. That's um, awesome. Yeah. It kind of met the requirements that I wanted in terms of being close enough to home, weather, um, you know, it it just checked the boxes and it was cheaper. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I've got like nice stuff but for a cheaper price. So yes. I'm immediately intrigued. <laughs> yes, yes. You can get a lot, a lot compared to DMV in Virginia Beach. <laughs> so I I I moved October, the beginning of October, and I can say a month in, I do not have buyer's remorse. I am happy good, to be here. I'm glad. So I'm from, for the audience who don't know, I'm from the Virginia Beach area as well and definitely love to call that place home and be able to go to the beach on a Sunday afternoon and get some ice cream or whatever and just enjoy the the ocean and all that stuff. It's nothing compares to it. Nothing compares to it. I wish the water was clearer, but other than that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what can you do? Exactly, right? So what was your experience like? You talked a little bit about it um, buying during a pandemic, but do you mind just elaborating on that a little bit more? Oh my gosh. Buying a second house in general was hell. I'm not going <laughs> to Buying a house during a pandemic is one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Buying a house during a pandemic in a different state is yes. another thing. Yes. <laughs> Buying a house during a pandemic in a different state and it's a seller's market is like what took me out. Wow. Because 
when I first bought my house, it was a buyer's market. I was getting closing costs reduced. I was getting help from the seller. I was getting all of these perks thrown in for free. <laughs> that was not the case. Mm. I put in maybe four to five bids this go round on house number two, and mm. they all got rejected. Mm. Um, there were houses where people were foregoing the inspection because they wanted their offer selected by the seller. Wow. There was no way I was going to buy a house mm -mm. without getting a home inspection. There's mm -mm. no way. And mm -mm. I'm looking, specifically, I'm looking at older homes. I wasn't looking for a new construction. So obviously, right. I'm going to need an inspection. Right. It was just, it was crazy. Even when I was, when I would drive down here from D.C. to look at homes, mm -hmm. we would have 30 minutes exactly to look at our home because there were so many people, like, on the market just looking for homes. There would be people waiting like at the door as we're finishing the tour of the house wow so it was just i mean and then of course we have our masks for social distancing you can't touch mm -hmm. it's it was it's just like it was a nightmare <laughs> yes <laughs> but it all came together right it all came together eventually yes yeah <laughs> how long did that process take for you um all of september mainly mm -hmm. um I would say half of August and all of September, we were like aggressively looking at homes. Gotcha. But mind you, I'm in DC, so mm -hmm. I can't drive down to Virginia Beach every time I find right. a home in Zillow. Like I mm -hmm. had to coordinate. Mm -hmm. It was just a lot. Yeah, I understand <laughs> that. Yeah. So what what made you say, okay, September, let's go and do it. Let's go look at the house. And then how did you prepare for that? Um, my finances lined up. Um, mm -hmm. The mortgage rates were looking really good. Mm -hmm. um, the The market was scarce. Like the inventory was low and the demand was high, but the inventory that we did see was like exactly what I wanted, right? Mm -hmm. Like a condo, like two bedroom, three bedroom. Mm -hmm. um, like it, it, it was everything I wanted. So, um. Yeah, everything was lining up, and um, we just kept going through the home buying process, turning in all my documents. We finally found a house mm -hmm. in which our offer was accepted, because mind you, I'm putting in offers. Right. Our offer was finally accepted on one, yeah. and that's when we were able to move forward. Um, but yeah, I, I was like, I need to take advantage of, you know, even though this year is terrible and COVID sucks, I need to take advantage of right the economic benefits, which are the low mortgage rates. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. And it, but it, then it goes back to your preparation, right? So you, you'd prepared all this time before to be able to take advantage of a opportunity that you saw, even in a time where things were just running amok, you know? So that preparation was definitely necessary to help you get to the point where you could pull the trigger and you could get yep. your second property, you know? Um, so what did you do with your first property? If you don't, if you don't mind me asking, like, how did that process go? Yeah, I'm renting out my first property to two tenants at the moment. It's a three bedroom condo. So two of the three bedrooms are occupied and the third bedroom is kind of used for like storage. Mm -hmm. um, and it has like a balcony off of it. So yeah, that's going well. Um, we did um, a six month lease for now. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll see what happens moving forward. But yeah. 
Nice. Status quo. Yeah. And what was that process like? So if we have someone out who's like, okay, you know, I either have rooms in my home that I want to rent or, you know, I do want to move. What was the process of finding tenants, especially during this time? Oh, yeah. So finding tenants pre-COVID was tricky, obviously, because as a landlord, I'm living in the house at the time. So if you're someone who, like me, has a three-bedroom house, you want to run out of room, if you have a basement, for instance, where there's a separate entrance, exit, bathroom, Mm -hmm. um, bedroom, I would rent that out, right? And maybe Mm -hmm. share the kitchen or have the capability for them to, like, get a fridge down in the basement. But I would silo that area and rent that off. But if you have a house like me where you have – you have to share the common areas – Mm-hmm. Um, it gets tricky finding a roommate because you have to coexist. Yes. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie. My first roommate I found through word of mouth, um, which was fine. It was great. And then my mm-hmm. second roommate I found um, through Facebook, which was mm-hmm. also fine and great. Two, yeah. like, you know, you never know. Right. Oh, no. Turn <laughs> out and they both turned out fine. So you have to get creative. I posted listings from Facebook to Craigslist to like Zillow to all mm-hmm. the like real estate apps, the Facebook groups. I posted mm-hmm. to all my group me's. Mm-hmm. You really have to get creative when it comes to a roommate, but obviously referrals and word of mouth and someone you know are best. So right. at the current moment, my cousin is one of the people that's renting out of room. Um, that's good. So at least I know, you know, I have a relationship from that perspective, but yeah, right. it's tricky. That's good. But and it, but also, you know, take advantage of those uh, Facebook and all the sites. And hopefully through there, you can find at least someone who knows someone that you know, you know, so you can at least have that good referral in. Um, so let's pivot a little bit and talk about Miss Young Homeowners. So Maya uh, started Miss Young Homeowner. What, what age were you when you started? 24, 25? Hey, y'all. So this is Candace, and I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. So remember, our goal was to hit over 500 total downloads before the end of Season 1. Now, this is Episode 7 of Season 1, and we only have one episode left. Right now, while I'm recording this, we've already hit over 513 total downloads. So thank you all so much for sharing, subscribing, downloading the episodes, and leaving reviews. Continue to do that, y'all, because we want people to learn how to save, invest, pay off debt, and live their best lives. All right, let's go ahead and get back into the episode. Uh, 25. Gotcha, 25. And um, can you just give us a little spiel on kind of what Miss Homo- Young Homeowner is and, and what you all's mission is? Yeah, so Miss Young Homeowner is um, a platform and a community that champions homeownership for Black millennial women. Mm -hmm. And it's something that was inspired off of my (laughs) um, crazy first time home buying experience. And I don't mean crazy in a bad way, but it was just my first time buying a home was just really... um, stressful and it had a lot of anxiety and I just didn't want that for other women and other people. I wanted to have a platform that 
showed other black women the way and showed them examples of other people that look like them and their demographic, their age, you know, with a similar job, buying homes. You don't have to have a husband. You don't have to have kids. You don't have to wait till you're in your forties to purchase real estate. It's something that you can invest in now. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's something that you can, you know, start to invest in for generational purposes and generational wealth. Um, And it's something that really isn't championed in in the Black community, especially amongst Black women. And we're really out here killing it when it comes to homeownership. Oh, yeah. And so that's what Miss Young Homeowner is really about, educating, inspiring, um, and just championing homeownership for the Black millennial woman. Nice. That's good. Um, What about the, the woman who's like, you know, I'm, I'm young or I'm not married. I don't have any kids. There's no need for me to get a home. What, what would you say to that woman? I would say getting a home isn't about the family members that you have, or Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily something you do when you, you know, get married. It's not, you know, Mm-hmm. I mean, at this stage and age at 2020, you don't have to check off those boxes as a female. I feel you can mm-hmm. do what you want to do, but having a home is deeper than that. It's it's having a space, a safe space that you can go to and call your own during the global pandemic, <laughs> yes. during, you know, civil political unrest in the city, um, during all of these crazy unforeseen events that have taken place in 2020 alone you know at the end of the day you have somewhere that you can go to a space that you've curated a vibe you've curated this environment you know Mm -hmm. the safe haven that it's where you belong and that's what having a home is now being able to own that is a whole different other humble brag exactly (laughs) exactly once again something that can help create generational wealth you know Mm -hmm. when I have kids one day maybe I can sell these properties and send them to college tuition free Mm -hmm. and that way they are starting out in the world with no debt you know Mm -hmm. and they'll be able to buy property sooner than the average person Mm -hmm. it just it just allows you options. Real estate allows you options. So that's good. That's, that's good. Oh, that girl. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And that, I mean, that's why, uh, that's why personally, I, I want to be financially literate and I want to pursue financial independence is because I want to have options, you know, and, and options, money, money can get you a lot of things, but being able to have those options is, is pri- like the, the thing that I want the most priceless for me. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you go about starting from 2000 or excuse me, 25 to now to um, starting this young homeowner and building that brand up? So starting, I don't know if you started at zero followers or what have you, how did you build that brand? Oh my gosh. You know, I, all I wanted to do was document my first time buying a home. (laughs) That's all I wanted to do. And I wanted to like take a a camera, you know, and record the different homes I was going to and my reaction to them, what I liked, what I didn't like, my interactions with the realtor. And I found out that I wasn't able to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, what's another way that I can like 
develop this brainchild. And so mm-hmm. Instagram was the first thought. So I made an Instagram page. <laughs> I had no concept of this business. I had no mission. I had no goal. I had no mm-hmm. target audience. I had no business plan. I had no budget. <laughs> I had nothing. Right. And I operated like that all of 2018, just mm-hmm. off of the fact that there was this need in the community to educate people about the home buying process and to also educate people that there are other brown girls who are buying homes. Like, that's good. We're out here. It's a thing. It's a thing. (laughs) It's a vibe, boo. Like, it's a whole vibe over here. Look at your neighbors. You know, if you go to my neighborhood, my house is like 10 minutes from your house. (laughs) Yes. I had nothing but black women, black people in the neighborhood. Yes. You know, so um, my neighborhood is very diverse, actually, but there was a a good majority of black women Mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. So there was a need the community took to it from a social media perspective. And Mm -hmm. I had to catch up. I had to grow. Mm -hmm. I had to like try to put stuff in place. And I'm not going to lie. I'm still running. I'm still mm-hmm. trying to catch up. I'm still yeah. trying to struggle. Yeah. And, you know, I have a full-time nine to five. A full-time eight oh, to full. eight. To eight. <laughs> eight to eight. It's not your regular, okay? Full-time. Very full. Very so, full. It is, I'm in a season where that is taking up a lot of oxygen and mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the balance per yeah. usual. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, talk a, talk a little bit about that. Um, having it's only been two years since you've had you know Miss Young Homeowner, but having a nine to five, but also creating this brand where there is such a need for it in the community and people are loving it and enjoying what you do, and you have some pretty dope content as well. So, how do you how are you managing that? What are you learning about yourself in this process? Oh. Um, I'm learning the importance of having a team like mm. you virtually can't do anything literally mm. virtually figuratively <laughs> <laughs> yes without a team um and just the importance of keeping morale up for yourself for your team mm. for your side hustle for your real job and how mm. difficult that can be given everything that's been going on this year it's been mm. so difficult to the point where it's okay to stop and acknowledge it. It's okay to say, I am going through some things. I'm not going to be my optimal self today at work. Mm-hmm. I have to step away from my side business for X amount of days. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like you have to think about the year we've had, you know, it's yes. a lot going on, no matter who you are, mm-hmm. or where you are in the world. It's, it's a lot. lot. It's a lot. You know? So you really just have to acknowledge acknowledge that and, and be self-aware and that's mm-hmm. something that I've had to do this year and and it's been a struggle sometimes sometimes it's easy to do you know yeah. sometimes where I, I've, I've kept it to myself and it's reflected in my work or my lack mm-hmm. thereof and then I mm-hmm. have to speak up I have to acknowledge it mm-hmm. so that's just acknowledge it acknowledge it to others too let other folks know it's not you it's me you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm going through something yeah some time to decompress I need some time to be on the couch and be lazy mm-hmm. and binge watch girlfriends and it's yes. okay it's okay sometimes it's necessary like hey. I I think and I one thing I've, I struggle with too is understanding like 
when I need to stop and, you know, decompress, but also understanding like, hey, it's not a bad thing that you need a break, you know? And I think especially as Black women, we just want to go, go, go. Like we don't want to show that, you know, if something's wrong or what have you, especially in, a, in corporate America and things like that. And it's like, you know, it's okay that I need a break. Yeah. And that is fine, you know? Agreed, agreed. Yeah. Especially as Black women, you feel like I should be doing something. I should be sending an email or doing mm-hmm. something, posting something, something, right. but it's okay if you're doing nothing. It's yeah. Fine. Especially during this, this season. It's oh, yes. Winter. It's cool. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it get, it get dark at five o'clock. That's so good. Um, can you talk a little bit about creating your team? Because you said, you know, it's important to have a team around you. So if you're just starting out or maybe you have a, a side hustle that's picking up, how, how did you go about crafting the people um, that, that are closest to you in this moment? Yeah, so do an inventory of who you already know. Who's mm-hmm. in your inner circle that is a photographer or videographer mm-hmm. or produces music? Um, my best friend produced our Miss Young Homeowner theme song for our mm-hmm. YouTube videos. Nice. Um, you know, so, and then season one, I had a, a bunch of girls who I went to high school with who mm-hmm. were buying homes too. So we all linked nice. up and did the videos together. Um, so really look at who you already know, because that's the homie. You're going to, of course, pay them what they're worth, right. but you want to be paying someone, you know, um, and of course, if they love you, they, you know, discount, whatever, you know, <laughs> it's okay. But sometimes you do got to pay them what they worth, but sometimes what they worth, of course, want to yeah. be a blessing. I will say creating a team at this stage in my life is a bit more difficult because most of the people I know around me are my age and they are also juggling their corporate nine to fives as well as their creative endeavors. And so they don't have the bandwidth to help me with my thing. So I'm trying to look for people in the college area in the intern stage of life, but obviously I'm disconnected from that circle because, you know, I'm 27 years old at this point. So at this, at this point, um, we're actually looking for an intern present day. We're reviewing some resumes. Um, but in general, I would say take inventory of who you already know. But for odd jobs and things like that, I've relied on Fiverr. That's a great mm-hmm. website to go to to get something quickly done or quickly produced. But obviously, you want a team that has some buy-in and has some, you know, some love and some skin in the game and some camaraderie. So, yeah. It's, That's good. Yeah. That's good. And then I, you mentioned a little bit earlier when you started Miss Young Homeowner, it was, you saw that it was a need in the community and you actually had to catch up with the demand for, you know, this content or what have you. So can you talk a little bit about what you did during that time to like, you know, meet the need of the people who really wanted what you had to share? Yeah, so before COVID happened, we were having events. Um, Mm -hmm. We were trying to have them quarterly. Mm -hmm. Um, Our last one had taken place in December 2019 um, Mm -hmm. in Bethesda, Maryland. 
Mm, we had like a brunch and we coordinated with U.S. Bank to just talk about the home buying process. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a realtor come, a lender come, and he was able to give folks um, their credit check on the spot. So it was really awesome. So we were doing, we had a brunch at Smokehouse. um, Mm -hmm. See, you came to that. It was awesome. Um, so yeah, we were doing events where in person, really, you could see a real live black person or some person of color because, you know, we need the spotlight. Okay. We need mm-hmm. the yes. <laughs> But you saw in person, someone who looks like you talking about this thing of home ownership and it's like, mm-hmm. wow, she did it. I want to do it too. Mm-hmm. And you can ask your questions right then and there. So we were really big on in-person events. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our YouTube channel. So producing different channel, uh, different episodes, excuse me, about mm-hmm. all things related to the home buying process. We're in mm-hmm. the process right now of creating season four which is going to be a quarantine edition and really going to focus on my journey to home home number two mm-hmm. um but I was kind of sad because I wanted to have you on our <laughs> but obviously we got a social distance and, and things have to yeah but we have consultations now so folks can yeah. go to our website and sign up for a consultation if you're someone who doesn't know where to start Mm-hmm. You um, book a 60 minute consultation with mm-hmm. me and we'll talk about the home buying process, some of your real estate goals, um, mm-hmm. some tips and tricks I learned in deeper detail from mm-hmm. buying both of my homes. And then I'll follow up with an action plan that's customized to our conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll also um, do a follow up after that. Um, okay. So folks can book a consultation and we have a few more things coming up. Up, mm-hmm. up our sleeve um, in the next couple good. of months. But a lot of our content is really based on our social media presence. That's good. That's good. And so do you mind just going ahead and shout, shouting out your uh, YouTube channel name, Instagram handle, and also your website? Yes. So for our website, you can find us at www.msyoung homeowner.com gotcha and that is the same name for our youtube channel ms young homeowner you can find us on youtube follow us like subscribe comment all of that yes (laughs) we are working on season four so it's a great time to binge watch seasons one through three and we talk about everything okay your credit so how to talk to a realtor, um, all the way to once you get in the house, how to decorate. So definitely binge. Um, And then you can find us on Instagram at msyounghomeowner. Gotcha. And I'll put everything down in the show notes so y'all will have those. Um, And she also has some really good um, Instagram TV videos, I believe it is, um, on IG and she had like a night school and all of that stuff. So if you're really serious about this home ownership thing, um, you have no excuse now because Maya has given you everything that you need, you know? So that's so good. Um, so before we close out today, did you have anything else that you wanted to share? Um, no, just thank you again for having me. I'm so honored to be able to talk about my platform and my journey and hopefully inspire someone to buy their first property. 
Of course. Thank you for being on. So I have to ask you two, two questions that I ask everybody that come on the show before we leave today. What is the best piece of financial or homeownership advice that you never received? Probably buy a multi-unit property for mm. my first go-round. Yeah, that's good. And you can take, you know, you can get up to four units with the FHA loan. We can talk about that another day. So <laughs> yeah, definitely should have been on that wave. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and then what's next for you? I know a lot of people don't like to share what they're doing next, but if there's anything that you want to share, please let us know. Well, I just moved into my house, so I'm still unpacking <laughs> yes. um, and we're actually about to renovate the master bathroom so we got a lot going on over here that yes. my attention um so yeah I'm about to enter a season where my my house and my job get a lot of my time mm-hmm. and I'm going to be um really investing in my team for Miss Young Homeowner that's good um, but we have um, a couple things coming up because we're going to be at home in quarantine. We have this at home series. That's okay, okay. And we're just going to be bringing folks some creative ideas on things that they can do at home from growing your business to getting your master's degree. Okay. Ooh. We're going to bring it to you all um, and just further reinforcing the importance of having your own space. Um, to really be able to do what you want and still accomplish your goals, even if you are in the house, you know, yeah. that, that don't stop nothing. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then we have, of course, season four that's going to be coming out um, in January. So make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel and locked into our Instagram to learn more about that. That's awesome. We are excited over here for season four of Miss Young Homeowner. We want to get all the knowledge and I need that at home series because I'm trying to grow, you know, banks and commentary. We need we need <laughs> to grow over here too. So I'm I trying love to do your that podcast well. name. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> all right. So thank you so much, Maya, for being here with us today. Um, this has been great. You've given us some good knowledge here and hopefully people can find at least one thing that they can take away and and act on today so thank you so much yes hopefully but thank you again for having me of course of course all right y'all all right y'all so that wraps up our episode for today didn't i tell y'all it was good because i be knowing i be knowing all right so today we have our top 10 tips i feel like we need a theme song for that you think we need a theme song i think we need a theme song All right, so the first tip is to tithe and pay yourself first. The second is to live at home after college if you can or move in with roommates. The third is to seek help, ask questions, and do your research. The fourth is don't be afraid to say no to people and things, especially when you're saving or paying off debt. The fifth is new construction might be the wave and is a good idea for those new homeowners. The sixth is to make sure you find a good realtor and lender. The seventh is don't be afraid about shopping around for realtors. And the eighth is use all channels to find a roommate if you're renting or renting out a room within your new home. The ninth is 
Use the people around you to build a team with some skin in the game, boo-boo. And the 10th is to buy a multifamily home if you can. Now that wraps up our episode for today. I will see y'all next week for the season finale, where we'll actually be interviewing Maya's mother, Minister Barbara Galloway. She just wrote a book. It's an Amazon bestseller, y'all. It's called Renewing Your Money Mind, How to Go from Common Sense to Kingdom Wealth. I'll see y'all next week for our season finale. (laughs) That was a good one. That was a good one.